Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, Louis DiBiase joining you alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. It's the post-game show. The Eagles wrapping up their second of three preseason games in 2021 at Lincoln Financial Field against the New England Patriots with a blowout, 35 to nothing loss. Gino, we're going to get into all our takeaways on both sides of the ball. It was a game that got pretty lame pretty quick. We thought maybe, I know me and you yesterday said, this could be the tune-up game since the preseason is now only three weeks with the regular season be expanded to 17 games. They cut one week. And so normally the tune-up game is that third preseason game. We said maybe this second game will be the tune-up. Nope, Nick Sirianni looks like he saw a good amount of good, just great stuff against the Patriots in the joint practices on Monday and Tuesday and said, nope, we don't need to play Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, barely any of Dallas Goddard. A little bit of Miles Sanders sprinkled in here and there, but the backups on both sides of the ball really did not play much. And so it was mostly the second and third team tonight. Yeah, and it looks like that Jalen Hurts came down with a little bit of a stomach bug before the game. And Nick Sirianni just said once he was held out with that, that they didn't want to play any of the starters on the offensive line. Was good to see Isaac Sayamalu back getting some snaps. That means that he should be back to take his left guard position. And hopefully, six looks weird. It was, uh, it took a it, second it to get is. used to it. I know. <laughs> Especially that when you have an offensive line, it's like you just run down the numbers and you know who they are. I mean, even Jordan Maialata, you knew his number coming in from the couple times that he had played. But then all of a sudden, the, the guy who has the bushy ponytail, which we know in Isaac Sayamalu, has a different number. It definitely threw me for a little, uh, a little change there as well. But it kind of just goes to show how they look at Jalen Hurts and the rest of those guys that – yeah, Jalen's the starting quarterback of this team. We know that. And anybody else who's holding on to the, oh, they haven't named him the starting quarterback, look at the actions of this team. I mean, it would have been much more fun. Quarterback play, man. Oh, look at my, Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins tonight. Oh, my God. $4 million, Lou. Yeah. They're paying that guy $4 million to do that. And that's the thing I'm saying. Like, there's nobody else. There's nobody. Nick Mullins is the best option. How bad was Jamie Newman in the in the offseason? Like, right. how bad was he? He must have been horrendous to lose a job to these two guys. Yeah, absolutely. And so Jalen Hurts, look, he didn't play today. Um, mm-hmm. And some people would say, obviously, the Eagles haven't committed to him as the long-term guy, and he has just four inconsistent starts in 2020 under his belt. So some people would be like, wouldn't they want to get him every snap they can to further evaluate his potential? Like Gino said, he did. It did sound like he had a bug today with an illness. Mm-hmm. But even if he didn't, Gino, 
I don't think you would have saw much of him today. I think they liked what they saw against the Patriots in the joint practices. He was the best quarterback on the field on Monday and Tuesday over Cam Newton, over Mac Jones, obviously now over Joe Flacco. Um, but again, too, it doesn't really matter. The preseason, again, you'd be like, yeah, you want to see him get every snap this year to further evaluate if he's the guy. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to risk like the real evaluation is in the regular season. Like For this sure. year, I think the Eagles are going to be better than most people think, but this season is about long-term answers. You're answering long-term questions, and Jalen Hurts is the biggest question. So before such a crucial offseason next year, when you have three, two or three first-round picks and you need to know, have a strong conviction about the quarterback position, whether it's good for Hurts or bad, you need to have a conviction either way. And so you're not going to risk getting the real evaluation done in the, in the regular season by forcing him out there tonight. So I was okay with it. It was disappointing because I wanted to continue to watch him grow tonight and Flacco was just dreadful. But, you know, at the same time, it makes sense, their decision. Yeah, how many times do we talk about great quarterbacks and talk about, oh, remember that good preseason he had? No, no, that's not what it is. Tonight is for the guys that we had said on the back end of the roster. They really were going to run that second and third team into the ground, and they really ran that third team defensive line into the ground right off yeah. the bat. They they were in the game in five minutes in, so they really were going to learn who they could count on when it came down to their depth and if they should move on from some players, and that's really where you learn about it is in that type of environment. And you're right, Lou, we're not going to learn much from putting Jalen Hurts in that game. You might learn that you have a bad backup quarterback situation that they can't even manage anything. I mean, Nick Mullins downright has been the worst performing quarterback I've seen in two consecutive preseason games. Is I mean, he, at least Clayton Thorson – I was had a few you. good Clayton had a few good throws. Like there were some times when you're just like, okay, I can see where they saw a little bit in him. But Nick Mullins started games in the National Football League, and he part. can't do anything. Apparently, Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach because he's the greatest kid, magician of all time. Because that kid actually did some stuff in the regular season for a couple years, and he looks. I was about to ask you, does he look worse than Clayton Thorson or even Christian Hackenberg a couple years ago? He does. Yeah, uh, who was the other one that played for the Packers, too, that uh, oh, I can't remember. He was downright bad, and uh, I would have to say he's probably like a top three bad preseason quarter, quarterback. Be rankings to do. We'll do that yeah. during the dead zone one of these years. Absolutely. No, I really think you should, and we talk about why it's important to have at least serviceable quarterback play. Because what could, what could you even learn from the second half of that game on offense, Luke? Right. I mean, nothing real. I mean, they're, the one play, our good friend Liam Jenkins over at uh, PSN put up the video of Nick Mullins holding that ball, and he made the joke that you literally could count your ABCs from the time he snapped the ball to the time that he got the ball off and or was sacked. He His decision-making is terrible, and you really can't get anything out of that. So as soon as we saw Jalen – not playing tonight. We knew that it was going to be a tough night for the offense, especially. And then the defense was just going to have to hold their own MVP of the night, Aaron Sipos. I mean, guy has just been punting through the moon the last two weeks. He almost had to kick a field goal because Jake right. Elliott was out. He was doing kickoffs. He might be the Ja'Cory Shepard award winner already, Lou. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy's doing every for everything for this team in the preseason. No, but in reality, Lou, they have a – 
a lot to do in terms of finding more depth, better serviceable depth for this team yeah, moving forward, I, I would say. Especially, but, I think the defensive backfield, especially. Yeah. Well, after the starters. The thing to realize, though, man, because if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, we figured that out in a game against the Saints, uh, middle of the season when you just start getting blown out and you have to throw guys out there and you were like, oh, our starters were okay. And then we realized these guys can't play at all. And you're 14 games into a season. It's better to realize that now so that when that cutdown period comes and you're going to 53 guys and there are teams that have a plethora of cornerbacks that I'm sure will some of them will see the, the free agent market after cuts, that's when you're going to have to find depth because Michael Jaquette Ain't it? Well, the spin He's, move that JJ Taylor put on him, I'm like, that's it. Jaquette is getting embarrassed too many times this past year. It's uh, it, it's brutal for him. And you know, Zach McPherson, I actually really like his potential long term. Mm-hmm. But McPherson got picked on early and often today by both Cam Newton and Mac Jones. But again, the the defense, like they're playing ten yards off the ball, so fifteen right. yards off the ball at times. They're just heading for the hills. Anything under. 20 yards like this was a Jim Schwartz type of just like give them everything else underneath type of day so it was mm-hmm. tough for the defense defensive backs to do much but at the same time the depth you know just it's not there right now it's non-existent and so I think the one position again that you, like you can't afford any injuries at this year if you want to contend is cornerback clearly by far yeah I mean I don't even know why Stephen Nelson played to be honest with you yeah, because I don't either. I would have just kept them out at that. But I'm I mean, not they sure did what take their strategy out. was for which starters. Like, I get why Miles Sanders is out there getting mm-hmm. reps, but like why Zach Ertz is out there at all. I get why like two Devontae Smiths out there. You yeah, Devontae Smith reps, played until almost the, the to the end of the quarter. half. Yeah, yeah, and so, which I'm fine I, I, with. I want to yeah, see me too. getting reps. But then on but. defense, you had like Eric Wilson, Alex Singleton, and Stephen Nelson playing, and Anthony Harris. I'm like. I don't need to see much. I mean, especially Gino, the linebackers today, Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton have looked the best of any first team defensive players the last two weeks. Like don't, I don't need to see any more. I'm so excited for those two. I think Ross Tucker said something very inspiring on the broadcast. They showed the chart of like his entire career. I'm talking Alex Singleton where he goes to the Patriots is cut. He goes to Minnesota. He's cut. He goes to Calgary. A couple years later, he comes to Philadelphia, ends up getting this contract. And Ross Tucker said, never give up on your dreams. And I think it's evident, man. Like this kid went through all the ups and downs, all that adversity. And he looks good, Lou. Like I knew looking at him last year, you could say, okay, maybe he might be like a flash in the pan, got right in a bad defense that wasn't playing too hot. But you look at it now that, I mean, he was one of the few starters out there on defense and he was doing everything. I mean, oh. the way he was undercutting routes, I, I, one I think screen pass where yes. it was three on one and he just went exactly. around all three and made that tackle. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. That's a, that's a big plus when you're looking at linebackers, the ability to key and diagnose that play. Nate Geary for the longest time, just ran himself into traffic would just get right up to the second level where that old lineman is and have no chance. Singleton. Mm-hmm broke down his feet. He has a very good tackling radius, man. I mean, he's going to tackle you no matter – he's going to get a hand on you at least. That's the thing. Like, when you come across, he's not going to whiff on a tackle. And his coverage aspect, Lou, has been getting better year after year and play after play, and I really only think that 
Eric Wilson coming here is going to help him improve as well because Eric Wilson looks sharp too, man. He does. I mean, they're Ross both the Tucker, first guys to point it out. He, you put that good tweet up that uh, Ross Tucker said that statistic. That was great. I mean, he is a very good linebacker when he is put in the right environment, and that's what you have to do. And I believe this is a good environment for him to prosper in. Yeah, the stat I tweeted out that Ross Tucker said on the broadcast was Eric Wilson was the only player last year to have over 120 tackles and at least three sacks and three interceptions. And you could tell that he impacts the game in so many different ways like that. You can tell on the field the last two weeks. Him and Alex Singleton, they're the first ones to the ball all the time. And again, both have been very strong in coverage. And Gino, you know who else had a really good night tonight, I thought, was TJ Edwards was flying yeah, around very the field. Much so. And like he always makes good special teams plays, but today he was really good on defense too. And so when you look at those three, you look at the summer Davian Taylor was having before mm. he got hurt this summer. Sean Bradley has looked really good too throughout the past two preseason games so and fast. made plays in the regular season last year. This linebacking group is, and even Jannard Avery, I love the way they were mm-hmm. deploying him today. Oh, and they put him and, right know, up in the A-gap over oh, the center. That was beautiful. That was where he got his first sack against Chicago, remember, in 2019. Yep. Like that rover hybrid linebacker, pass rusher. He was on the edge today. He was, you know, blitzing up in the A-gap and B-gap. I, I'm so excited for this linebacking group for the first time, and like I've said on the show before, in a long time. It's deep, and I think it's top-heavy with talent, too. Yeah, it's definitely one of the units that has taken me aback, but for good reason so far. I mean, we were looking at the preseason the last couple years and looking at that position and saying, who's going to make a play? And the one guy that did make plays, LJ Fort, (laughs) was cut. So we didn't have anybody that we really could rely on. And now you're just seeing consistent playmaking. And the thing out of Singleton, too, is Lou, is just – his ability that you can put the green dot on any of those three guys. Like if one of those guys is out for a week, you're not going to miss a beat by transferring the play calling from Eric Wilson to Alex Singleton to TJ Edwards, because all three of those guys see the field very, very well from that interior position. I mean, Edwards is a little limited what he could do on the outside, Mm -hmm. but they're very smart. All three of those guys. And that's the one thing I think the Eagles have been missing from that position. Because when you go from Nate Geary, who literally has the worst football IQ I've ever seen out of a linebacker, To someone who's at least serviceable, it's a step up. But now we're even seeing them do better, Lou. They took on a task tonight when nobody outside of them were starters. And they held up, man. Singleton was all over the ball. Eric Wilson was around the ball. TJ Edwards, the same thing. And the one thing I kept saying about this linebacking group is the versatility that you're going to see from them. And I'm glad you brought up how they used Jannard Avery because that's what the Sam linebacker, the Patrick Johnson role, which he inevitably should take, the Jacoby Stevens type of role where they're roving around that offensive line. They'll drop back into coverages Mm -hmm. sometimes. You'll see that from Jannard Avery. They're going to do that. And now with linebackers behind them that if you get to the second level, they're not going to break off a big tackle. I mean, a big run, in my opinion. Like, yeah, there were some tonight, obviously, because the defensive line was the second and third tier, which makes sense. But when everybody's playing their gap sound with the first units, Lou, and you know that Singleton is going to be in his gap, and you know that Eric Wilson will be in his gap, it's going to be tough for teams to run on this unit. And that's really what it's going to come down to because Gannon, he isn't like Jim Schwartz where he wants his defensive front to be stopping the run. Things are going to leak back to the linebackers a little bit. They're going to leak out to the edge a little bit. Safeties and linebackers are going to have to make tackles. And 
they they were sure tackling tonight. That is that is a fact. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway on defense was once again the linebackers. I was so impressed with Singleton and with mm-hmm. Eric Wilson and also too with Jannard Avery. I thought he moved really well in space. You know, he's down weight wise to more where he was at the end or at oh, the beginning goodness. of his Cleveland run. Can I can I stop you real quick? Yeah, this absolutely. Is a big update from Adam Schefter. Eagles QB Jalen Hurts was sent to the Philadelphia hospital and diagnosed with a stomach infection and told to stay at home oh, wow. to rest for at least two days. But he did test negative for COVID. So, okay. thoughts so to, it was a to real QB one. That's yeah, yeah, man. He it must have got him right before that game started. That he must because he was dancing around in warmups, and I thought yeah. maybe they just came up with that because they didn't want him to play him, which to me was right. completely understandable. But there you go, the report from Adam Schefter. Right. He's hospitalized, but you know, I think he'll be okay. QB one should be good to go for uh, week one against the Atlanta Falcons. But there's your update. So it was a real sickness for Jalen Hurts, and right, I thought it was a sickness out there in the field, though. Gino watching Joe Flacco, <laughs> yeah, man, and Nick Mullins, man. But we're gonna have some other offensive takeaways. I thought there was mm-hmm. some good stuff as well from some skill position players, and we'll get into that coming up next, right here on Locked On Eagles, guys. Today's show is sponsored by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer, including the do-it-yourselfer. They've been serving everyone. It's a family business for over 20 years now. They have everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car, your truck. Make sure you, when you head over to the website, write down Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into the postgame show. The Eagles fall 35 to nothing in their second preseason game of 2021 against the New England Patriots. Gino, we got into, of course, Jalen Hurts sitting. He was hospitalized with a stomach bug. Um, Should be okay, but it was Mm -hmm. actually an infection. So that was a real illness. Some people thought they're just benching him. They're they're resting him and coming up with some sort of excuse as to why last second he's not playing. But it Mm -hmm. was a real thing. And so Joe Flacco starts. And so that kind of led to, you know, the offense didn't really move the ball that well. The defense didn't really do well either. The starters weren't playing. But like we said, there were some good things. Eric Wilson, Alex Singleton shined, Jannard Avery. On offense, obviously, we got to get into it. The debut of Devontae Smith, it was the most highly anticipated player on the field today by far for mm-hmm. fans, the media, and I think the team alike because, Gino, the team wanted to see him out there. He played the entire first half, and it started kind of rough with those two drops, although they were brutal throws from Flacco. But, man, Terrible throws. it got better and better seeing him separate Every single snap mm-hmm. in man coverage, even like the two catches for 19 yards, great separation. That second one, the in and out was just so smooth. Oh, the hit like the combo, was beautiful. The combo of like the smoothness and the explosiveness in the routes is so beautiful and so special for a player to have that combo. But it was even plays that he wasn't even targeted on the outside. He was just constantly, you could see the elite route running. It makes perfect sense why he won the Heisman and why, I think he's going to be the best receiver of that class. He was as advertised in his debut. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you'll look at the score tonight, 35-0, but I'm I'm giving a win to Devontae yeah. Smith. I'm giving a win to all the wide receivers. I know people were down on Jalen Rager and whatever is route running, but you, you can't really do anything when you have 
that bad of quarterback play, that bad of offensive line play, it's it's tough to evaluate. So we'll see once the season comes around. But the one thing you did know was going to happen that was that Devontae Smith was going to look like he had other individuals on ice skates that were defending him. Mm-hmm. And he did that multiple times tonight. And that's the one takeaway you are going to see when we don't have guys that can separate for the past five years, having to watch Alshon Jeffrey win one-on-one matchups. I was going to say, Ward, when was the last time we saw someone do that? Maybe Greg Ward like winning a, a <laughs> slot matchup in the last two seasons, I'm sure. I mean, he's a, he's a good route runner, but he's no Devontae Smith. And you saw it tonight. Like When you think of the elite wide receivers in the league, Lou, like when I saw that route tonight, I, Stephon Diggs. Like, I've seen right. Stephon Diggs run that route more times than I can count. And guys like that, they don't have to be the biggest. They don't have to be the fastest. Oh, but he does run a 4-4 four, four as well, so you're going to only get better in all of those aspects. But the one thing we knew he was going to come out and do was route run everybody out of the building, and he really did that. And that's just going to rub off on all the guys around him. And even with Joe Flacco and even with some of the horrendous passes, he was still able to make some plays tonight. And when the ball was in rhythm, when it was in timing, when he got that one and just took it and ran, that's what you're going to see when him and Jalen Hurts have that connection in the season, when he just gets the ball out quick, gets it to him in rhythm, gets him and gets the ball out of his hand in 1.1 second because he beats him on a slant. That's what you're going to see. And we saw a lot of that the last couple days here. And he was doing that against a guy in J.C. Jackson, who was yep. one of the top corners in this league. I mean, he's a top 20 guy all day. I mean, he is in the conversation to be better than Stephon Gilmore at this point in time to where Bill Belichick doesn't even care if Stephon Gilmore shows up to camp. So it's not like he was doing this just against Jalen Mills. He's doing it against guys that can cover. And Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins didn't really show out tonight, but – I didn't care. It was the Devontae Smith show through and through. And like, I was nervous at first because I didn't (laughs) show off the new car, man. Like this is when you go into the neighborhood, like you turn the loud music on. So people get eyes to you. Like they wanted to show off. The problem is the driver of the car today was like a (laughs) five-year-old kid. So he was was driving blindfolded basically. Like they were in it. Like he could have caught them, the two drops, but they were brutal throws. And you saw him bounce back mm-hmm. easily, create separation every snap after that, made those two nice catches for 19 yards. And so, you yeah, know, didn't I think get it in his head, got right back. Right. That's it. the yeah, good thing because you see. see a lot of young receivers, it starts to pile up, i.e., Nelson Aguilar in 2015, mm-hmm. 2016. Yeah, it kind of had like a little bit of drop in my stomach for a second when I yeah, saw that. Sure. I was like, oh, oh goodness. Right. <laughs> Here and we go he, again. But, but Devontae Smith is, I think he's going to be, because Eagles fans are were so conditioned now to be like, okay. Right. This is the next. We picked the wrong guy again. Rager over Jefferson, Jay Jaw over Metcalf, Jordan Matthews over Devontae Adams, right? Like we're doing it again. Here it is. No, I don't I don't think that's gonna be the case with Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. I think he's a special breed. And Gino, when you were talking about his route running, this made me think of something because we were like, okay, when was the last time we've seen a guy that's done this before? Who do you think has been the best route runner up since Devontae Smith? Like, is it Jeremy Macklin in 2014? Is I, I don't know, like a guy in like that kind of route runner, not just like win a one-on-one matchup like Alshon Jeffrey, like someone that can turn a corner inside out like that. It it's been at least, I think, seven years. I don't know if they've seen a guy like that since. I Even mean, Macklin Deshaun, wasn't this. If I we mean, saw yeah. more Deshaun, I think we would have got yeah, a little bit like because in that one game. He had the one touch. I think it was his first game against he, Washington. 
Yes, he had the yeah. touchdown, but then he also had like an out route where he completely just – it was a blaze yeah. out, and he just got open without a doubt. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. It Lou, probably is that one game of Deshaun. You're probably right, yeah. Yeah, now we don't really have to rely on scheme to get guys open, which Chip right. Kelly probably would have been better able to handle the the team of the last couple of years to get these guys who were basically sure. like elephants open out there, which – Ross Tucker made a great point on the podcast today about seeing guys that are eight or not on the podcast. We're talking on the podcast about the game, but he said guys that can run like Jordan Howard, who he said last year was like a plotting runner. He really was plotting. Jordan Howard looks like he has some juice back in his game, man. Like he looks really refreshed. He, he looks like somebody that can give you a little bit of, something more than he gave Miami last year and something more than you had at that role. And that's stable that they have, man, at running back. I mean, just seeing what Kenny Gainwell can do with nothing, no blocking around him, with no blocking around him, Lou. He had the third-team offensive line blocking for him. Imagine when he has Lane Johnson and Kelsey and all these guys, the starters out there. They're going to be running quick legs through that uh, that offensive backfield. And I can't wait to see that 21 speed package that Nick Sirianni was talking oh, yeah. about with Kenny G and Miles Sanders. Yeah, Gainwell, I really like the way he played today. Again, two weeks in a row, getting me excited. He had eight touches today, five carries for 21 yards, average 4.2 yards a carry, three receptions as well for 23 yards. And like you said, he was behind just a total third-team offensive line. And Gainwell, yeah, again, Gino, I know we talk about it a lot, but like seeing the starting three at receiver was – this is exciting too. It was Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager on the outside. It was Quez Watkins on the inside. Mm -hmm. So you have that kind of trio at receiver. You've got Goddard and Ertz right now at tight end. And then when you've got Sanders and um, Gainwell as well at at running back, I mean, they're in Jalen Hurts as a running quarterback. Again, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but they're going to be able to put up points and hang with teams. I really think they're going to. Yeah, they're going to be a team that I, I believe you're going to want their guys for fantasy. Like, why wouldn't you take Jalen Hurts as a fantasy quarterback? Even like, if you do IDP, out- you're going to want Alex Singleton because he's going to get 130 <laughs> tackles. <laughs> I know. That's a great point as well. But uh, when I look at the running back group, like, it just is a presence around all the groups, I feel, is the versatility among all of them. And outside a cornerback, I really can see where everybody has a role on this team. Even before Kavon Wallace went out tonight, you saw what he could do in the run game and defending really it and nice driving those alleys. Yeah, he, he really he, he still got a bit to do against the coverage, but that against zone, that was such a blown coverage on the back end, I wouldn't even put yeah. it all on him. But when it came to the run, the safeties did what they had to do. I believe the linebackers did what they had to do, and they all have versatility in different roles that they're going to play. And when you see all of these units with their starters out there and they're able to roll guys through, especially on the defensive line, especially at running back and wide receiver and tight end, you're, it's going to be a mismatch nightmare, and that's really what I'm excited for. I was more excited to see the guys that they held out to see who they're going to be playing in week one because that was yeah. the biggest takeaway was which guys had the shirts on before the game even kicked off. Well, that's what I was watching. I'm like, especially at tight end, I wanted to know because we all know Dallas Scott going to be the tight end going forward, right. but I'm like, okay, when they're in 11 personnel, though, is Ertz going to be on the bench? Like, are mm-hmm. they going to put this legend on the bench? And then, like, today, I'm like, okay, the starters aren't out there. Zach Ertz is out there. 
no Dallas Goddard, but then Goddard did eventually come out. So I agree mm. with you. It was fascinating when the game started to see this hybrid first and second team. It's like, okay, which first teamers aren't out there? It gives you a right. better sense of the actual depth chart as opposed to the one that the PR team puts together, you know, the past couple of weeks. So it, there was some takeaways mm-hmm. still from the game. I know it was 35 to nothing, but again, like we said, it's the preseason. This was a team with a ton of backups playing from the start. So they were gassed the entire game as opposed to the Patriots played most of their first teamers for a quarter and a half. And mm-hmm. then their second and third teamers were way more fresh. So at mm-hmm. that point it was going to get out of hand for sure. So definitely some takeaways from the 35 to nothing blowout at Lincoln Financial Field. Gino and I will wrap up this edition of Lockdown Eagles coming up next. Guys, today's show is sponsored by betonline.ag. Gino, the uh, what was the over uh, the over under right now or for this game in the preseason? Was it at 30? I think it was 38 combined? and it okay, was a so I don't think disaster it, so if you're a, under. The Eagles are 6 and 0 oh in uh unders in their last uh, right. four preseason or six preseason games. Mm. So yeah, keep taking that. Yeah, absolutely. You can bet on the preseason. You can bet on individual players, any matchup during the regular season, the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MLB, UFC action, everything you need at betonline.ag. Head to the website or your mobile device to sign up today. You're going to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet from football. Again, like I said, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait. Take the advantage right now. Great offers available all year in 2021. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, wrapping up this Thursday night edition of Locked on Eagles, recapping the 35-0 loss to the New England Patriots in week two of the 2021 preseason. So, Gino, I think a lot of the takeaways that we had were some good things from Devontae Smith on offense and Kenny Gainwell. It was good to see them committing to Watkins, Rager, and Smith as the trio receiver. Alex Singleton, great at linebacker. Eric Wilson, great at linebacker. Any other players maybe stand out to you today in a good or bad way or anything the Eagles did differently? Uh, Travis Fulgham, uh, pack your bags, bud. I know. It might be time to he, – I don't think he's making this team, Lou. Oh, you don't think he's – I see, I know he's not starting. Wow, you don't think he's going to make the 53. Dude, he didn't even play until the second. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. So you think I don't even know if he's done engine. enough. I actually thought about this. I don't think they would cut him outright over Hightower and Jaw, but I thought about this too this morning because of the Andre Dillard report that teams mm-hmm. have called about Dillard. I'm like, would the Eagles, considering Quez Watkins is pretty much beating out Fulgham full-time now as a top three receiver, would they trade Fulgham maybe right before the season? I could be. I mean, I think it'll be hard for Howie to part with J.J. still. And I, I know it, it sucks, but it's... I, do, I don't the, disagree, though. That's why I'm shaking my head. It's the business of second-round picks, but Fulgham didn't really do anything and really hasn't done anything. And that's it. When we went to that discussion of where is he on the Fulgham scale, like is he the first half of Fulgham season right. last year or the second half? I think it might be the second half. I mean, yeah. like he can't even produce against the, the the lower tier guys it's it's just one thing that you wish was different 
when it came to him and you wish that he performed, but with everybody exceeding around him and Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith really cementing that that three-headed trident there, it's going to be tough. And I would like to see him make the team for sure, but has he done enough to deserve a spot? Like the calls on Andre Dillard, he hasn't even done enough to deserve a spot on the team to the point where they want to move him. Yeah, And that's what they should start to do with a lot of these guys. Which, by the way, Lou, if they didn't sign a lot of these veterans, they would be relying on players like that who really didn't deserve the job. And we would be looking at those guys that were playing right away, five minutes into the game, saying, yeah, those are your depth pieces because you didn't make those signings in the offseason. So I'm glad that they made the right moves when it came to the draft. I think they really are seeing a lot of their rewards being paid off over the last two years here in the draft. I mean, you're getting a wide receiver. You're going to see it in the defensive backfield once Kavon Wallace. You're going to see it up front when it comes to the defensive line. You're going to see it all over, in all honesty. And then in terms of free agents, Anthony Harris is leading the way there at safety right now. Eric Wilson is doing what he has done. Jordan Howard looks invigorated coming back to Philadelphia. You have really made a cast of characters that when they're healthy and when you have all your starters present will be good. But if it goes to the depth, you're going to see what you saw tonight, and things yeah. are going to get really ugly. Yeah, they can't afford to have the injuries they've had the past no, five years. It's especially just, not or this if year. you want to win, not have it. Unless you're like someone like me that wants a top pick, but if you're not on Team Tank, well, I'm not on Team Tank, but you know what I'm saying with the quarterback mm. position next year in the draft. But if you want to win games this year, yeah, they can't afford those injuries. Gino, if like if Travis Fulgham. The thing is, because again, last year in October, he was the best receiver in football, maybe for a, like a four week stretch. But again, like you said, then at the second half of the season, he didn't literally do anything. So when mm-hmm. you combine that second half of the season on top of him, not being a draft pick of the Eagles at all, he was a day three pick. Anyway, he was a waiver wire pickup. Then it, that all combines to be, and now this quiet summer, you're like, okay, that, that all adds up to probably be who he actually is. If he, if JJ Ortega Whiteside had that kind of, stretch run last year even for four weeks on top of being a second round pick then i'd be like okay i'm willing to be more patient and like stick through this and not talk about maybe even cutting him but the thing is like fulgham already yeah he did show for a month and maybe a month and a half that he had this crazy ability this ceiling that we didn't think was possible but he hasn't come close to that sense so as wild as it is that a player like that could have that kind of random stretch run where he's just on fire and then just drop off. Like it's very hard to be like, that was the anomaly, but I feel like it, it truly was just based on again, this summer, again, we had said on the podcast, which on the Fulgham spectrum on the scale, which side is he going to be on? And this was the summer to, for him to prove which one was the real Fulgham. And you know, there's still time and he, I think he'll still make the roster, but he kind of blew it. Quez Watkins took what Fulgham was supposed to grab. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't put it in in pen though. I would put it in pencil that he's on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. And there's an old adage in, in scouting, and it says flashes get you fired. And the idea that a guy flashes for a little bit and then he never really gets to that to that peak again. And yeah. the idea that Fulgham, there wasn't any tape on him. No teams really figured him out. He was an undrafted free agent. So, I mean, 
other teams scouting staffs kind of felt the same way about him and there was a reason he was going through the waiver wire and maybe now that we saw that maybe that was just a flash and you have to take your evidence that we have seen and if you're not even being able to compete against these lower tier guys and make an impact hey a little we'll take it with a grain of salt with the quarterback play with the offensive line play but at the yeah. same time you still can win one-on-one matchups and right Looks like he really hasn't been doing that in the last half of the calendar year, you know? That's the thing, too. Like, if you, fl- I'm willing to be more patient with people that have flashed, but we're also like second round, first round picks right. that have the talent. As you said, Fulgham wasn't some highly touted player coming out of college to begin with. So that really does just seem mm-hmm. like a fluke flash. But again, if a JJ or Thigga Whiteside did that, the thing with JJ is he hasn't come close to doing that in a regular season game. If JJ would have did that and he was a second round pick, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. we need to give this guy way more time. I'm, right. I preach patience all the time in development, as do you on this podcast, but it's got to be for someone that's worth putting that time in, right? That has the mm-hmm. talent that has shown it at least to a certain level of consistency that it's worth putting in that investment. And with Travis Fulgham, I would just much rather put my effort, my energy towards Quez Watkins and right, exactly. maybe even like the guys we drafted, right? And John Hightower. Yeah, and, is Fulgham playing special teams for you? Like No. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, at least Hightower's kick returning today. Yeah, and JJ's, JJ's out there he's making gunner. tackles on special yeah. teams, so that they're at least doing what they know they have to do I to get onto the roster. Yeah, yeah that, and that's the thing. Crazy. As yeah. much as I say, like, I, I always will bring up special teams, it really is a way to get on the roster. You don't have to be a favorite of your position coach, but if the special teams coordinator has a niche role for you and has a want for you on his unit – you can make the team over a guy like Fulgham who's not doing that. You know, that's just right. what the NFL is. It's how it has been for the longest time. And I would rather, like you said, Lou, put more development into a guy like that that's willing to play special teams and willing to do what it takes and willing to compete. And is it because he's facing competition now that he he's kind of just slid down a little bit? I mean, there's always that argument. Jason Avant too. thinks that. Jason Avant said the other day that he thinks the Quez Watkins see that. and Rager hype has really hurt Fulgham's confidence. That could be a thing. He's a young player. It's always possible, man, and especially with how evident psychology is in sports these days with everything with going on with mental health. It could be, it's a part of the game. You you just have to be strong in both physical and mental preparation. And sometimes, hey, I, I wouldn't, I don't know how I would respond to things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, as much as it is just a sport, it's a business, it's a, your livelihood. And that takes a lot to go to work every day and see somebody else getting more reps than you, somebody else getting a little bit more attention than you. I don't know how I would respond, and sometimes these guys don't respond and step up to the plate, and other times they do. Other times you see a guy respond like a Jalen Rager, or other times you see him respond like a Nelson Aguilar. That's just how it is, especially here in Philly. They're not going to make it easy on you, man. 100%, and he's got one more week, Gino. We'll see. 
next yeah. week against the New York Jets. It's do or die time for Travis Fulgham and a lot of these players on the Eagles roster on the second and third team. They've just not had a good first two weeks in the preseason when it comes to second and third team production. Yeah, uh, they the should be scouting a lot of those teams yeah, that are going to be agree. making cuts. I would say I think, that. Uh, yeah, I think pro Howie personnel gonna department be, is going to be pretty busy. They're going to be busy the next week. And we've got you covered with all the updates right here on Lockdown Eagles. You're only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your shows. We're available on all platforms Monday through Friday, and now we're on YouTube as well Monday through Friday. So subscribe to our YouTube channel, and then follow us on Twitter at DBLCLOE, at GC24 underscore football, and at Locked on Birds. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase. That's going to do it. The Eagles fall 35 to nothing to the New England Patriots. We'll be back tomorrow for another show. Until then, Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go birds. Fly Eagles fly.